it feels so empowering to have a conversation with someone responsible for contributing to a movement a global movement where teenagers turn into leaders and change makers one such person is devi dang the vice president of girl up bombay girl up is an initiative of the un foundation and has 4500 clubs in nearly 125 countries and all 50 us states Girl Up Bombay is striving towards achieving gender equality in our community through volunteering, fundraising and spreading awareness about issues like gender-based violence, period poverty, gender inequalities in STEM and using STEM skills for social good. Join two teenagers having a conversation about how our actions can inspire social change and gender equality. If someone told you you're too young to do anything, watch this episode and show it to them. Hi Devi how are you doing Hi mm-hmm. um I'm really excited to be here I'm doing good <laughs> So first of all I just saw your play and tell us a little bit about it Mirror Mirror on the Wall love to know Yeah so uh, Bombay Theater Company is a theater company that um called out for um productions and it under its productions writers act and in that they wanted a writer and an actor to collaborate to create a 3 to 5 minute performance um so me and my theater buddy from my university we used to do theater together so we decided to submit an entry so i wrote and directed the play it's called mirror mirror on the wall and she performed in it um when we submitted the entry we didn't think it would make it but we got selected out of 53 entries um uh, and only 10 were selected so that was a huge deal for us wow. um because we both studied theater at university and when you study theater you hear a lot of things especially after the pandemic that mm. you know how are you going to do theater now it's right. not live and and everybody is kind of critical of digital theater like is it even legit mm. but for me i really liked the idea of digital theater because i think it's something that opens up new avenues where with just a screen and some lights you can do so much right and so i think it really expands what we think of as as live and as theater i mean okay. even lives doing doing something that's live streamed is can be theater even if it's not in a physical space 100% and it is it is a contested view like not a lot of people are happy with not doing theater physically but i think it really opens up new avenues so for mirror mirror on the wall was really special when it came out it's there on uh, bombay theater company's instagram page right and that play was really inspired by my own stance and my own story because um a lot of people since middle school have spoken to me about how i have a lot of hair on my arms on every part of my body and there's always free comments about how i should shave my hair or wax mm. it i mean but and i did try it and i hated it because it pains so much i know and, right <laughs> and i'm just like i was thinking about it one day and i was i was like let's say in 9 10th grade and i really didn't want to do this but when i didn't wax or when i didn't shave i was constantly judged or mm-hmm. i was commented on by my relatives by my friends like why don't you do it and, and it really irritated me a lot mm-hmm. and this play is really coming from that frustration of having to conform because mm-hmm. if um 
I like sometimes, you know, I asked my relatives like on their face, I was like, what if I was a guy and I didn't shave? And, and right. they were like, no, then it would be a different thing. Hmm. And I've heard them say that blatantly to my face. face. Right. And I, it really bothered me. So that's what I tried to put into that play hmm. about the frustrations and um, the kind of things you go through when you're told like, oh, upper lips karale. And nah. especially if you go to the parlor, the didi will want you to do everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Typical parlor yeah. wali auntie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I've had these experiences. This is not um, coming from just imagination. It mm-hmm. is coming from my lived reality. And so um, I just wanted to portray that and talk about beauty standards with regards to body hair because right. I think it's something we just take for granted yeah. and we just don't talk. I mean, we just don't talk about yeah. it. And people who choose to do it, that's their personal choice. But those who don't, it's like you try to force it on them. Right. That is not that is not okay, you know. Yeah. I don't care if you wax or not, but you don't tell me if, if I should right. do the same. Who are you yeah. to tell me? Exactly. You live <laughs> yeah, life by I your mean, own terms, 100%. Exactly. And that, you know, that really takes on your self-confidence also. Because after a point, if you if you've been told enough and I go look in the mirror, I'm going to see those things as flaws. It is partial conditioning. That. You've been yeah. told that again and again that like exactly. to look a certain way and behave in a certain way. And then you're like, do I really have to? You start questioning yourself. Exactly. And even like a person like me who has a very strong stance against like what I want to do with my mm-hmm. body hair. Even I, sometimes I just feel like, oh, should I do it? Because mm. everyone's saying it so much. And I also slip because after a point it also gets through your head it's very difficult for right. it to not I mean no matter how strong and no matter how much you try to f- like fight it it'll 100%. somehow or the other it'll come to you you know when you take pictures or something and mm. you know it 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 comes to you a lot so it's something that I we guess. should talk about so that's what I tried to put in that play so, so since you've just gone down this path if anyone's watching and they want to you know, get into a similar kind of a direction, what would you tell them to go for it? What have you learned along your way? So I think what I've learned is that it's very important to follow your passion in the performing arts, but it's also to remember, it's also important to remember that it doesn't pay. (laughs) And uh, it's been only like, not even a year since I've graduated from university. But it's a fact of life that for the performing arts, especially in India, don't pay. Okay? Right. And it's really important for a performing artist to remember that. So at university, for example, I majored in literary and cultural studies so that I have a basis that kind of supports theater for me, but also it provides me with another avenue to explore right. and kind of get that job into. I mean, it's very, it's very difficult to make a living in theater in India and yeah. even if you go abroad it is much better like no doubt but not everybody can afford it and not everybody wants to right. so it's very important as a performing artist to also remember it doesn't pay as much so you need to have other avenues open that can be a source of your income and you need to be really good at um, financial literacy like you need to have that in order to mm. balance your income so that when you perform or when you do the things you love you're free and you're you don't have any restrictions over there. Right. 100% so yeah, that's, that's what I've kind of learned. But I, so I've also learned that some people, like they drop their passion for income. But mm. for me, I have realized that 
it that doesn't work for me i'd rather do it and side by side also right. do something else that does give me a stable income but um to leave it fully i think is is you're something distress, you do really disrespecting like what you stand yourself. for yeah exactly, exactly. and exactly. and it and it also hurts personally mm-hmm. like i don't think i would be as happy if i completely left theater you know even if understand. a little small like just a hint of it also for have it in my life i'll be really happy so yeah yeah 100% agree and it was very well put like the way you said it was beautiful okay so devi dang is the vice president of girl up bombay so first how did girl up bombay come into being we want to know so girl up bombay actually i did not uh, like it was not my uh, creation uh, girl up initially is a initiative by the united nations foundation and um, they started this global initiative so, so that they can promote gender equality throughout the globe right and uh, one of the chapters um, of that is girl up bombay and it's a bombay based club uh, it's fully volunteer based and it was started by bhargavi patel who is also our president and she started it in the pandemic and i joined i think a few months later when she started call the call out for volunteers that's when i joined girl up bombay um and the reason i decided to join it is because in 2020 the leadership the girl up leadership summit that happened online so that means anybody could access it you didn't have to go there physically right. and a friend of mine just posted a story that oh michelle obama speaking and priyanka chopra speaking and all so i was like you know what let's try it out and i went to the summit and at that time i was actually at my rock bottom in terms of mental health like it was really bad for me mm-hmm. and i needed some sort of i was looking for some sort of hope or light to just latch on to right. and when i went to the girl up summit i found that because at the summit i met so many different people who were so passionate about creating a kind world about creating a gender equal world and it felt like a global community that was there to help each other and support each other mm-hmm. and was really happy to be together and also wanted to share the concerns of each other so that they can help each other in this journey okay. and it felt so beautiful because you know you're not really exposed to a global audience in uh, like in everyday life you only right. meet people who live around you or you know or the friends you know but to meet random people from across the globe who are right. also attending this summit that they are excited about i think that gave me a sense of belonging that oh mm-hmm. there's other people and there's so many other women as well who are dealing similar in similar situations right. but in different parts of the world mm-hmm. and they are really there to support you if you need them and that's when i realized okay i want to be a part of this girl up community so i was i went to the community website i started looking for clubs around me and i found girl up bombay, bombay. and bhargavi had just created it like a okay. few months back and then i joined it and i think that's the best decision of my life mm-hmm. um because i found a group of people that i can trust and I, and we still haven't met physically none of us like like only very right. few of us have met physically like me me and bhargavi for example we haven't met ever 
and it's insane but we are so close and we're so like we're such good friends now right. after one and a half years but we still haven't met <laughs> so that's the kind of community i mean we have created where where everybody comes together to support each other and also create a positive change as much as we can in the right. community and uh, how has it changed you as a person being a part of girl up a lot but because when you are part of a community that is so strong and is working towards a common goal you find a place where you belong mm. and when you feel like you are making some change in society no matter how small, small. that right. that gives you a kind of confidence and a kind of boost in self esteem ki mm. you know i do belong somewhere i am doing something right. that is going to make an impact in how much ever a capacity you know as possible like for example one of our events was um doing a webinar for underprivileged girls because this was during the lockdown we could not do a physical event mm. so um we partnered up with an organization that uh that made sure they had phones and we also did a smartphone donation drive before so that okay. we could give smartphones to those children who don't have it and then they accessed the webinar from there That's and lovely. and in the webinar yeah and in the webinar we uh, it was mainly about career counseling it was about uh, we had an um, a person from the stem field a woman an indian woman who is pursuing stem currently right. and we had all these people who could motivate the ki- the kids who are mostly girls and that webinar was so amazing because the children were interacting with them the curry counselor was uh, taking individual examples guiding them we gave them options about scholarships and so oh, wow. many different things were shared and that really made me feel okay even if we're digital there is an impact we can make and you know 100% after, yeah and after they left i mean the guests they left and we were just talking to the children they felt so motivated and they literally told us that it was so like it was amazing and they did get so much out of it and they learned so much right and they had lots of fun so that you know that kind of stuff it really gets to you it stays it with you okay, yeah yeah of course it it stays with you and it tells you okay jitna bhi chhota impact hai at least it's there it's there I resonate yeah. a lot with you on this because with this whole podcast as well. So you know bringing out these stories, people listening, yeah. people interacting and learning from them. It's kind of my way when I go to sleep and feel like okay, I've done something. It's not big, yeah. but it's something. Exactly. <laughs> so it's exactly. like feels very liberating and empowering at the same time. Yep, 100%. Okay. So looking at the current situation from your vantage point what do you think the scenario of women is is it um, getting better in our country and worldwide since you've spoken at the global summit as well that's a tough question that's like saying will we end up in a utopia or a dystopia <laughs> um um i don't know where we'll end up but i think we're going in both ways it's it's mm-hmm. weird how we as a global community have managed this but we are going both ways some places we see it deteriorating and i don't need to say where and i don't need to say because mm-hmm. we know where we live it right. um but also there's women who are coming in leadership roles they are uh, coming out in the workforce they are going out on the streets and they're claiming it and but there's 
it can go either way to be honest but i wouldn't say that it's not changing mm-hmm. you know it's it is obviously we have a long way to go and in some places it's going the other way um but i think what we have to understand is that women or as a group or all the genders they are not homogenous they are not one kind of people yes. like they have people from different for example let's take the example of women okay they women is not an homogenous group because there's women of different classes there's women of different castes there there's women of different races of different nationalities right. everybody comes from a different personal background so we can't say that the state of gender equality or women empowerment will go in a certain way because mm-hmm. everybody is experiencing it differently the way i am experiencing it right. is different from the way you are experiencing it and it's definitely different from the way that other people even within india or within just a small radius are experiencing it and that comes from their personal experiences and it has a lot to do with where you are born and brought up what are the conditions around you all of that makes a lot of difference and mm. i feel because of that diversity in this entire movement of sorts it's very difficult to pinpoint ki ye acha ja raha hai or this is not going well because mm-hmm. it might be going well for some people who have now get, like gotten the opportunity to work and get yeah. educated but there's also other people who are not going to get those opportunities mm. because of various other reasons right. you know and it it's very difficult to um say that especially coming from a place of privilege because even though i'm a woman i am more privileged than a lot of other people and so to say ki nay we are going in a good place because i got educated that's not going to work because i know a lot of people who didn't get educated right you know so it's very difficult to answer that question because it's not homogenous if if it's going well for some people it's not going to go well for some people because to be honest we're not there we are we are way far behind i mean still feminism is contested and um it's not fully understood sometimes right. it's misunderstood it's a very difficult territory because feminism can't be defined in one line or one word right it's a movement that movement. has years and years of history global history but also within india it has a huge history so to really understand it and to um really implement it in our lives is very difficult because going back to the same point conditioning right we have been so conditioned in a certain way that to even understand a different point of view even if you don't agree with it to understand it only takes so much time and then to de- decipher where you stand you know it's a very difficult journey and not a lot of people are willing to take that journey mm-hmm. and it's very important for us and all of us to take that journey to learn and understand and implement in our lives like we have the fact that we have gotten to here at this stage is also because people learned they unlearned they changed i mean if you see from my dad's era like hmm. a lot of the decisions and a lot of things during his time they were very different i mean not sending perspective their, changes that are yeah like they didn't send their sisters to let's say a metropolitan city alone right. to study because it's unsafe or right. you know nahi nahi jaate black ladki and all but now today i can go to a different city to get educated hmm. because it's there's there's unlearning that my father had to do or his generation right. had to do 
so we have to be willing to take that step to learn to understand and then to unlearn and relearn it's re-learn. like a full process and it's a never ending process you can't say ki bhai today i know everything about this movement mm-hmm. you that's not you can never say because that, it's right? evolving yeah it's evolving it's continuously changing and you have to move with it you have to um be with your times you have to change and think about and think about where you stand with regards to it as well mm-hmm. so since you spoke about um feminism and not having understood it correctly because you can't define it in a line but uh, now there's this whole concept of pseudo feminism so if you could throw a little light on it and how different it is as compared to feminism yeah see again that's a really um i would say dicey territory because it's like we haven't fully understood feminism and then we think about what is pseudo and that right and this whole conversation it cannot be fully expanded upon in this podcast because it's such a vast conversation it mm. is i think the point i'm trying to make here is that the answer is probably not the point the point is to have that nuance and reflection in your conversation because the if the conversation is blatantly black and white ki ye feminism hai ye pseudo feminism hai mm. this is this if you if you make it black and white then you're not going to end up anywhere because it is not black and white there right. is so much gray which can only be expanded upon if our conversation become nuanced if they mm. focus on details if they come from research and historical facts you know that's the kind of thing i think the thing even because of social media when you want less words and you want to express things really quickly quickly what right. happens is that nuance from the conversation goes mm-hmm. and the moment the nuance is exited the conversation it is just going to be a fight about black and white wrong and right right and that's not going to end up like get us anywhere you know there has to be nuance where you understand the details you understand you are willing to understand the other perspective even if it's different from yours right and you're willing to have a conversation that is that respects one another and then mm. you and then you kind of understand and unfold from there mm. our conversations especially on social media are missing that nuance that focus on detail that focus right. on sources where is your research coming from who did you hear this fact from you know where how detailed was the research i mean the reason i guess academia has these questions is because they want to focus on those kind of details so i guess mm. we have to bring that also a little bit in our mainstream conversations because that detail gets lost often times so i think we have to focus on that now right and since you brought about the point of social media it's a great tool when it comes to accelerating movements like the me too movement but then at the same time there's so much of misinformation which is just flooded and like if one person says it the other will say it 10 others will say it 20 others will say it and that's how it goes and then when you narrow down to the root where is the validity where is the verification so that's a yeah. very sad part of it i would say because it's empowering at the same at the same time but at the same time it's also like uh, what is your base is it verified yeah mm-hmm. yeah social media is a very it's a tricky space because like on one hand anybody can say anything it's a very like right. open medium 
but also we know for a fact that it's filtered and it has its biases mm. and we can't ignore that fully and i think it is in terms of reach it does promote movements a lot mm. it does promote a kind of news but that can go either ways you right. know you because it is also your search or your social media also only shows you the searches you do right. or stuff you want to see so it then it becomes difficult because is it really showing you diverse information when it's based on your search right. history and the things you like uh so yeah. there's there's a weird like social media has a weird skew and you really have to dig deep to see you know are you really seeing diverse information 100%. are you really seeing valid and trusted sources because anybody can come and make a page but where is that information coming from mm-hmm. again what is the source what how in depth was the research who are the people who are writing this news who are the people who have funded this news right all of these things really make a difference in terms of is it how biased is it and which to which side the news is going and 100%. how how much of a reality or truth is there really is because truth again now is just like you can't have a, a a statement that you feel and see that's why data becomes really important right mm. because data brings to us some kind of numbers or some kind of things that can help us analyze the situation look at the reality right so since you spoke about this you all have a social media page right have you all had instances of people just trolling or you know just sending hate comments or not knowing what they're sending but they just comment or sending dms or something have you all had instances like that yeah we have had that and um i think it was because we also know other the limitations of social media so mm-hmm. as much as we can we try and you know give our sources or give links for further information because we also know that in that 10 slide post we can't cover everything cover everything so right. so what we try to do is we try to give the most relevant information the most concise way but we also give our sources in the end mm-hmm. um and we also give further sometimes give further readings or resources that can be used um and when we did that especially i think for the stem when we wrote the series about stem and mm. there were a few topics to be honest even i didn't know before we the team brought it up and for example gender bias and artificial intelligence mm. you know it's still a contested topic but we we decided to take sources from unesco and we and we you know use those kind of sources but we still did get a lot of backlash and different opinions um from people on that and okay. uh yeah and i think it did it did bother us but also i mean it is a space where everybody Everyone is going can... to bring right your, like their opinions, their opinions you know? right right yeah which i'm like okay you you can do that but i think the best thing you can do is to give your sources and to give further reading which we try to do and it's not like all the comments are hateful as such some of the comments also pointed out our mistakes and we corrected them and i think that's where as a social media page you have to be humble and constructive criticism right yeah you yeah. are you are you should be willing to 
accept that because when we did get critiqued in some things we were we made those changes we edited those posts we right. you know we posted about it that oh this is what we wrote and we understand now it's better mm. but there's a way i mean there's people who politely wrote to us about our general right. mistakes and we did genuinely correct them and we thanked them that thank you for you know being a part of this conversation mm. but i guess there's just a way in which you can it's the approach right yeah right. and i 100%. think that's not just a thing with our page it's a thing with every Everyone. page on every social media account yes, you know yes. there's a if you if you put it in a respectful way there's still a room to improve and think about things right. but that's when you have to you're willing to engage in a respectful humble conversation and not on a troll yeah. kind troll of ways and like know? i'm right you're wrong no superiority yeah, complex and and especially when you are citing your sources and you know you are trying to give reliable information and that is contested it becomes re- really difficult after a point because you have provided the source and you know it's not just something you've made up from the air yeah. <laughs> so um yeah but i think i think it's okay it's a part and parcel of your journey of right everything. 100%, 100%. And, and we know from histor- historically how many people who pushed against um any kind of hegemonic force have seen that kind of a backlash right mm-hmm. feminism is just one movement there is so many other movements that are trying to promote a certain community and try to talk about their right. discrimination with them and and everybody faces different kinds of backlash from it um it's not ideal <laughs> it's not the utopia um but i think if it weren't for those movements for the, if it exactly. weren't for those people who try to make conversation we wouldn't be here today hmm. so i think it's our historical baggage and sort of our job to continue that right. in a way because we want our future generations to experience a better world a freer world a more equal world not the other way around 100% agree yeah and since you spoke about gender bias in science and technology do you have any idols in that field I think recently um we even talked about this uh, at the summit and a lot of in the covid situation a lot of women sort of you know took the limelight and they worked really hard in this area like there was Kathleen Carico who made the mrna vaccines possible there was uh, Sarah Gilbert there is Dr K Sumathi who um was in the research and development wing of Bharat Biotech and so there's these different women who are now coming like who are who have always been a part of very important part of stem but you know now they now we know about them and now mm-hmm. the word is being spread about them so i think especially with covid we know stem has become a really important field and right. we see um women who are coming uh, and it actually if bhargavi was here that would be great because she wants to pursue stem and Lovely. she is really passionate about that yeah wow. so she would if she would hear she would probably go on and on about that but it's very important because globally uh, women in stem are relatively lower and i think it's important that we think of science as a very objective sort of a thing but we know that it's not it doesn't lack bias and mm-hmm. so it's better that in like in every field it's important to have diversity in terms right. of gender race and everything you know so to bring different perspectives and to have different approaches as well agreed agreed so could you tell us a little bit about the stem bala project that you had since you just spoke about it 
Yeah, so STEM Bala is another organization and we uh, collaborated with them um, on a project where, as I said earlier, the webinar for the underprivileged girls. So that was a part of the collaboration with STEM Bala. Um, We also uh, featured their stories, like the stories of the girls who study at STEM Bala. Uh, We featured their stories on our social media page because... um, Girl Up has like four components. It has fundraising, storytelling, advocacy. And so all of these things. So we, um, because we kind of came in the pandemic and we started off, so it was very difficult to do any offline events. So I think a lot of our focus has been on the storytelling aspect of it. And so we thought that, you know, these girls, Stembara is doing such an effort to teach these girls STEM and give them STEM education. and, And so it's important for us to feature their stories and expand their stories. You know, it's mm. kind of like what you do with the podcast, like right. invite people who you want, you want their stories to be featured to the world. That's we, yeah. what we kind of wanted. So we put out their stories and their journey and we spoke to them and we and we put their stories on our social media page. So uh, overall, I think throughout this these years, uh, one, one and a half year, our focus has been a lot on storytelling and putting those stories out there. Right. I mean, even recently we... Um, released the first issue of our easing and um that was focused on pride and we featured their stories and and so our entire like what we try to do mostly i have been to put these stories out there hmm. along with obviously fundraising and we had those other aspects as well right um but i think our focus largely has been on storytelling um yeah, I, that's why even uh, we're very happy to say that we also won the storytelling. Yes, award. I was just going to bring the, the yeah. yeah, at the Girl Up Leadership Summit, which was a great honor for us because in our first year itself, we were honored with this award in that, and that really, you know, it really boosts your confidence. Like, 100%. yeah, because sometimes storytelling can be seen as uh, something that's not really doing enough or not creating as much mm-hmm. as an impact, but also as an artist I know that storytelling has a lot of impact yeah I would I'm pretty sure you would also (laughs) vouch for that yeah so I I've read about this uh, quote which is very beautiful so the world is not made up of atoms it's made up of stories it's like a philosophical aspect which really resonated with me because um, you know, bringing out these stories. And as you said, that whole cycle of unlearning, learning, growing and evolving, it's continuous, right? And it's these stories that propel that movement, I would say. Yeah, so, 100%. Um, I, I really like the aspect of storytelling of Girl Up. It, it's good for even the person who's saying the story to see that, okay, I've been featured and like, you know, this is me and I have that representation. Yeah which is very and stories stories are so like such a beautiful tool and I don't just say this as a part of Gola but as an artist as a storyteller and it really I mean the kind of emotional impact you can have on people it'll be the same facts the same data but the way you present it as a lived reality that really um it it really has an impact like nothing else right it is Um, irreplaceable 
yeah speaking of stories i will also be telling a story uh, some later this week uh, so i uh, if you don't know thespo is a theater movement and it's an organization and they had this thing called thespo tapri where they called for uh, solo performances where you had to tell a story of 3 to 5 minutes um and mine did get selected fortunately in that and so uh, i'm performing on the 24th of september uh, the tickets are already out it's a show with five performances on 24th and uh, other four performances on 25th so you can buy the ticket for both my performance will happen on the 24th and i'm really excited about the story because it's a story that i have written and i am directing Lovely. it and i'm performing it wow yeah, um, it will be live streamed so it will be in real time so as close to theater as we can get with the digital platform and i really think that story that i'm telling is important and the story everybody else like four of my other um other storytellers are telling also really important because my story specifically is about time and uh, it's about my relationship with time and how um it moves fast moves slow and what time really means to us and what okay. it does to us super you know? excited and, yeah definitely come watch and there's four other beautiful performers along with me on the 24th um and there's four other beautiful performances on the 25th so please come and watch you can Hi. buy your tickets it's happening on insider so okay we'll that- attach the link below in the description definitely box. do that <laughs> yeah no super excited and it's good to see people like you taking up um, unconventional careers like this like usually a person would not tread down this path but it's good to see you and like you know you're doing well so more power to you thank you so much <laughs> okay so another question that we had is supposing you have a conversation with someone and they just say that feminism is a fad this that and it like you know kind of triggers you would you want to have a conversation with them where you would explain the exact thing to them and make them understand or for the sake of your own mental health ignore it so it's just like a personal question it has gotten both ways with me okay. i've had both i've experienced both scenarios mm. um i think it's good to have a conversation when the other person is willing to have a conversation right like a lot of times with my family or like even with my friends they have a genuine question and they have a genuine opinion and they mm. want to also hear your opinion. it's not like they have they are just here to serve you this mm. thing and leave right they genuinely want to engage in a conversation so then i engage and it can get heated up but eventually it it helps um bring in a conversation bring in a perspective and mm. it's sort of like a thing where you engage with each other you know right. so that's one scenario where i would engage um there's another scenario where it's just the person's just trying to impart their opinion and does not want to hear you in that situation i would really examine how up for it i am <laughs> like i would think am i feeling am i feeling i do have head space to do right. this <laughs> and and i think initially when i was younger i would i would be very quick to unleash like i would be really mm. quick to um talk it out and you know like fight with them and get right. into these like angry debate kind of things mm. i think over time i have realized you have to pick your battles it's right. very important to pick your battles and go accordingly 
so sometimes in that situation i may not but sometimes mm-hmm. i may i mean it like um it also depends like sometimes it's not a conversation they are just talking normally and they mm-hmm. will say something that i don't feel comfortable yeah, with right so i will point it out i mean initially it was very difficult to do that especially in a scenario like if it's your relatives Hmm. um right even if i wanted i've usually been this person who has said it and you know i don't really care what the other person thinks or what is happening in the yeah. family scenario i to will say it but sometimes i had to pause myself because family situation hai ye hai wo hai right but now i think over time i've realized it's good to call out and now i think even like my parents they also understood ki you know she is not uh, wrong or she is not saying it in a bad hmm. way she really genuinely means right. it's coming so now place of like proper verified knowledge yeah. right yeah yeah so that's when i like i call out my uncles and aunts and whoever like i uh, they if like let's say they come to my house and mm. you know they'll they'll probably like the the woman will probably go into the kitchen and try to yeah. help out and then the the dudes will right. just sit there and chill and <laughs> so i yeah i i do call that out you know right. and i have had weird reactions like sometimes they just laughed it off mm. sometimes they engaged in a conversation with me so i think it's um it's good to at least point it out because if you don't point it out it's going to continue you mm. you have to at least say ki i am not comfortable with it they may not change but at right. least you have to put your you have to stand your guard and be like nahi this is not okay theek mm. hai and then there's the last scenario where my mental health is down the drain and i don't have the energy or mind space right. because you have to also be very wary of that and as a person who has gone through and is still going through a lot of mental health uh, concerns i know it is very important to protect like it's right. very important to um think about yourself first first and so agar wo nahi ho raha hai to it's okay to leave that conversation because only if you are re-energized can you pick a battle where you actually have the energy to converse and and talk about it agar mm-hmm. tumhe energy nahi you don't have you don't have yeah. yourself there it will be very difficult for you to anyways engage in a conversation and so i think where you feel your mental health is being impacted it's better to it's okay it's okay it doesn't yeah. because you don't have to put the world and this has been a problem with me ki full world ka weight you don't have to put on oh, and it's very difficult i know it's the most difficult yeah. thing ever because no matter where you stand like what's your stance that also mm. doesn't matter all of us feel this weight ki i oh, stand sure. you know i have the burden of the world and i have to fix this according to my opinion but okay. uh, we i have to learn like i mean I, even i it was really difficult but you have to learn and unlearn right so i had right. to learn to be like okay nahi it's okay it's okay like you have to also understand that there's only so much you can take you are one person mm. and right. you have your own things to look after as well you that's very important right. and um, even at the girl up summit i think when i was on the panel this was a really cause of concern that activists have a, a lot of mental health challenges sometimes because they um become so consumed by the it's very easy to become so consumed by the movement right. that you forget to take care of yourself yeah and um, that is a that is a topic of concern and we have to address it 
and mental health is something that i am very passionate about because if when i'm going through it i understand right how much it can take a toll on me so it is a very important topic i think we need to speak more about it um and often times mental health is seen in isolation but it's not an isolated topic you know mental health intersects with things like gender with things like discrimination with things right. like you know not being unequal it everything mm-hmm. it is connected like a lot of my mental health concerns were related to and connected to gender because mm-hmm. there is some things that uh, for example let's say um if you have been told so much i say come back to the body hair part you know and you have right. been told so much to remove it you will get conscious and when that happens your self esteem will get affected mm-hmm. and it's very easy to self right. doubt lose your self confidence right right so that impacts your mental health and it may not mm. be the same way in which another person is impacted because they did not get to cure these things so it is not as if mental health stands in isolation it has connections and like example a boy who has been told not to be feminine has so much pressure to right. be masculine that that in a way could impact his mental health as well so it is um it is something that we have to acknowledge that mental health is not just an isolated category it it mm. intersects with other parts of your life and it is it's there and it's very important to acknowledge it understand it you know right so you spoke on the mental health panel at the global leadership summit right yeah from a worldwide point of view what were the problems that were being discussed so i think one of the main things was the stigma i mean i thought like initially that you know maybe some places the stigma is less but it's everywhere and we had this um section where we interacted with the audience so so many people like from morocco brazil they shared how it's still a stigma in their cultures as well so okay. culturally a lot of places globally are also facing that stigma problem where mental health is not understood it's not taken seriously it's not acknowledged to be a legit thing right. so it doesn't just happen in our culture it happens globally and that's something that i learned at the summit because so many people came and share shared their stories that you know we talk to like our parents about it but they don't understand mm. and i was like this is something that kind of happens everywhere right um the second thing is uh, the facilities in place uh, the resources in place to tackle mental health challenges those are missing in a lot of places um it's not just india but everywhere i mean there's the resources to help you with the mental mm-hmm. health are really less because right. it's not really focused on as much so that is again uh, something that um was globally i mean people who spoke there you know they spoke about it right and they talked about how it's a challenge everywhere and um and then for people who face mental health concerns to talk about it and to that is also why acknowledge like, the fact that you're going through something yeah, right in public as like as to tell their stories mm. and um one of the organizations there that came to speak um there was a representative from this organization called this is my brave and they talk about like brave stories of um men uh, people who went through mental health challenges and how they right. talk about it and they bring out their stories and and it's such an act of courage to share what you went through or are going through mm. because it takes a lot, a lot of courage to say that to say that you are not okay to say that you're right. going through this 
especially when there's so many people out there to judge you about it or to provide their free right. advice ki ye kar lo wo kar lo it's just a, like a sirf bahane and mm. you know there's so much and and one other thing that missing is that your mental health also affects your physical health mm-hmm. sometimes a person may not realize those symptoms that they're having but their body starts to show it show like for it, example right. if you take my scenario i used to have a lot of nausea and vomiting and those kind of things and and i always thought it's some like like you know physical right. this thing but over time i realized it happens because i'm anxious mm and your body shows those symptoms yeah, and it's so, reacting to it right yeah if it was not real i mean your body would not react i mean it and it's something that into because oftentimes these physical symptoms can be mistaken for something else else right and and not realize that they're psychosomatic so usliye isliye it's very important to see a professional because only a professional can tell you these things you know right it, it is very important that when you let's say you're having some physical problem you see ki acha hum pehle to test wagera karaye agar usme kuch nahi hai then you also go to a mental health professional and talk to them about it that maybe right. it is happening because i'm going through something that is not physical not physical it's going 100% and it's very important and and like it's very difficult even for our generation but our generation before because let's say there's someone in my parents generation that who i have seen has go, is going through something mm. but they are not willing to show a professional because they are like nahi right. i'm going to go to 10 you know uh, doctors, doctors like physicians but Pop i'm not going to go right. to, yeah, yeah but i'm not going to go to a mental health professional and unko samjhane ke liye you have to have a conversation because right. you care about them right so you're right. going to have to have a conversation with them so in in terms of like your relatives or your close family mm. it is difficult to call them out on things or point but it's also difficult to i mean it's also important to engage in those conversations because we also want them to be happy and we right. also want them to get okay right but yeah. if, but for that they have to also um kind of given to that possibility that yeah maybe it could be that and this is something i don't know or mm-hmm. i haven't been talked to about but it is something that maybe i can consider consider right so um yeah. i think our generation has been through so much while growing up itself and we've been exposed also to so much social media that you can get help these are resources this that and all so we are very open towards going to see a counselor or a therapist or whatever and now even schools are becoming more inclusive in the sense that there is there has to be a therapist mandatory like it it's a must but as you said bringing our parents or um are they gen y if i'm not mistaken that's <laughs> right yeah so bringing them yeah getting them to terms with it that you do need intervention and like you know that's that's going to heal you internally which will physically also just help you so i think that is a big issue and people are like getting um, accustomed to being told that you know go and go and like consult a therapist but then the change is whether they actually taking that action or it's just like ha huh, okay theek hai and then you know not going plus yeah. it's also like um, i saw that you all have kept a couple of resources for free therapists or those that charge a little less than the average uh, fees but so this kind of a thing empowers other people because not everyone has 
access or like you know the resources to spend around a thousand five hundred to two thousand per session right it is expensive so um, would you say that that is a problem that only India has or then while you were speaking during the summit was it a worldwide thing with respect to the amount yeah correct I think it is expensive everywhere it's Mm. not it's not just in India Um, but I think a lot of organizations are now recognizing that it's expensive and trying to help them like Mm -hmm. I know this organization it was also started by students it's called mind and they uh, the entire organization is uh, they connect students to therapists who are affordable for them oh wow and um so so that that kind of those kind of initiatives that the newer generation Mm -hmm. is taking is really I think helping so that therapy becomes more affordable right um but also we need to know that maybe it is charged because as a therapist also you have to it is also about their mental health. We forget that therapists 100% also, agree. They, they are humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have their own problems. <laughs> exactly, right? So that I think is another thing. But um, I think I want to go back to the thing you said before about like our generation being more receptive. I think that is there. But also, um, even for us, it's very difficult. I mean, I'm like, let's say I can talk about my personal experience. It took me two years to accept that I'm going through something right. and then decide to show someone mm. because even though I have always been like you know uh, um, with mental health and be like no you have to you should mm. but when, when it comes came to, to yourself, me personally yeah yeah, 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 yeah it yeah. took me I can two understand. years to yeah it took me two years to accept that I'm going through something mm. because it's so difficult to accept that you're not okay because you want to feel like oh problem yeah. I am so very happy I have no issues in my life and that's not and when you realize that it's not that it's very difficult to accept that mm. and then it's very difficult to show someone because mm. you your mind will tell you 50 things it will tell you ki, how will someone else cure you or right. how not even cure how will someone else like how does someone totally understand yeah yeah how do they how would they know what you're going through they don't even know you like your your friend your best friend or your mother will probably know you better than them mm. you know you have all these re- and I also had all these reservations but right. when I went there for the first time I realized I am not the only one in this world who was going through this right. and they told me that there's so many other people like you and and so they understood because they are trained professionals. It's right. like it's like you saying that I have a fever, but how will the doctor know what is my fever? How can they treat my fever because I am experiencing it and they are not? It's a fever. Yeah. They will know what to do because they're right. trained to tackle fever. It's 100%. the same thing. But it takes so much time and really willingness to accept it. And it's very easy for someone to be very rigid about it even I have been there so I know it's very easy to be rigid about it but I think even in the summit we discussed this it's better to accept and identify early so that you can treat and heal early Hmm. because I have been in that phase where I didn't identify early it took me a lot of time and so by the time I was in such a burnout Hmm. and it just made things worse compared to better I think it's important to identify early and that will only happen if you are um, if you are educated about mental health if you 
are thinking about it if mm-hmm. you're constantly checking in with yourself and when right. you're not feeling okay you see a professional and and they help you kind of identify early and then help you heal early that mm-hmm. way it won't hopefully accumulate yeah 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 and it is a process like you can't expect oh, immediate results that i go for one session and i'm going to be perfect it is a no, it's, it's a conscious like it's a conscious effort that you need to make in your lifestyle and your thinking and etc so 100% i visited a professional for the first time let's say two years back and now it's been one and a half year two years since then and i'm mm. still i wouldn't say that i've been healed <laughs> because mm. it's right. something if let's it's something that's accumulated within you for like your entire life and right. then suddenly you're trying to unlearn it you're trying to change your lifestyle you're trying to change your mind pattern mm. how will your thought pattern change in like uh, two months be like nah, now i'm suddenly a different person yeah you know it's not going to happen like that right. so you have to be very patient, patient with yourself but also others have to be patient with you because mm. if you're going through something it's going to affect your relationships they're going to be worried about you right like if i get anxious in a situation the people with me they are going to be worried about right. me and and if it constantly happens in different situations it also takes a toll on them so you also have to be conscious about how you are um how this is affecting your relationships how how much you communicate to your friends your family mm-hmm. because it's best to be i mean open if you about can, it right, right? yeah open and transparent but obviously we know everybody can't have that because sabka support system to be so like right. supportive is not true but i think at least find a few people mm. who understand and who will be patient and supportive with you right. and you know they will also get uh, maybe irritated or mad after a certain point mm. because they are they also maybe don't they also have me, their own capacity have, right right yeah but right. i feel like have that communication where mm. okay they may get that but they also know internally and they know that it's a process and right. you know they are there by your side no matter how much time it takes 100% so yeah. you spoke about the problems uh that you all spoke about during the summit did you all speak about solutions and like how to overcome them as well yeah i think the main solution that i just said is that to identify early to mm. to keep checking in with yourself so that you can identify it early and you can show a professional in time and before things get really like accumulate so i think that was right. the solution also that we discussed okay okay that's that's good i would really like to watch a summit live once if ever <laughs> next year <laughs> it happens every year so you can watch in any time and it's open to everybody right that's the best part about it you know like anyone yeah. can access it which is great yeah even girl up clubs like people have this thing because the name is girl up it is only ah, for girls only for something. girls right no but we i just want to make that really clear you can join a girl up club no matter what gender you identify to no matter what is your sexuality right. it's an open space and anyone can be right. a part of it yeah right. so since you spoke about anyone can be a part of it and tapping into the third gender and different orientations what about their mental health firstly and secondly how do we bring equality with them we can be allies but then other than that what are other measures 
so uh, definitely i mean trans folk non binary folk mm-hmm. i mean they have their own set of challenges right. that even if we educate ourselves we cannot um i mean empathize with difficult. them right you no, may you definitely should empathize yeah mm-hmm. you know but you definitely should empathize with them mm-hmm. and that empathy will come from education but i think what i'm trying to say is that there is a lived reality mm. that is experience based and as an ally also mm. you have to be aware that you are not going through that lived reality so you cannot fully say ki no i understand you like you know right. i know exactly what you face you you can't know because you don't have that lived experience exactly. even if let's say for me as a woman um a man or a male identifying person can be an ally to me but he can't um to say that you know i know all no, your challenges yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not fully possible so as an ally i think it's very important to know that mm. to understand that i stand with you as an ally and i respect you and i treat right. you as an equal but i also know there's a lived reality that you go through you've experienced that, right that i haven't and so you i think as an ally have to educate yourself to the max limit engage mm. engage with diverse people engage with different people um get to know them get to understand them you know mm. it's very important to um, you can read up whatever you want on google right. but the truth is if you're not engaging you don't really know i mean it's mm. like you know i mean i just always try to fit it in a scenario that i probably understand better like if a, a, let's say a man were to read everything about a woman on google but if mm. you've never interacted with a woman you don't you don't right. know them right i mean you don't you don't so i think really as allies of anybody it's very important to educate yourself fully it's very important to be respectful and it's very important to um have that boundary you say ki i understand i, I cannot i don't have that lived reality experience mm-hmm. and and to know more about it if they're comfortable sharing to learn and to know and um i guess really be there for i mean an ally you can say are i'm an ally but to be there for someone when right. they're going through something right. that's when you that's when you be an ally right. you know it's not um it's much it's more than something... writing ally and a rainbow emoji in your bio <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is definitely that and it's how you treat and even in your subconscious how you see because we've all been conditioned a certain right. way and you're going to have people around you who don't think the same way mm. but for you to engage and treat equally and even subconsciously in that zone to have um to know that they're not like they're not different or they're not people to uh, go against everybody is part of the same community right. and the more diverse people you interact with the more exposure you give you get, yourself yeah. to different types of people be it different races be it different genders be it different sexualities different nationalities it's very important to interact with people who are not like you because mm-hmm. unless you do that you're not going to see that the world is not just about you there is a world with different cultures and different communities who do different things there's so many mm-hmm. different communities that we don't even know about and to right. just know that there is a world outside your headspace and outside your life mm. is to really acknowledge that when when you do that then automatically you will be more open to different kinds of people right because you 
you interact with so many different kinds of people you you accept them for who they are you don't you don't want them to change or identify to like you know your right. standards you you respect them for who they are you may differ but respect i think respect is the most important, important. thing and if we can have that then i think different people can live together they can be understanding and loving for each other and caring because respect is something that says okay you and i are different but okay i respect you and you respect me and we can right. mutually exist you know 100%. if we have that that is like the goal that would be like the utopia yeah. where everybody respects other people's choices you don't have to engage in the same choices but i mean you yeah. have to understand that you know like a person is someone else and that doesn't make them different different right 100% yeah and if you are who you are it's not also about choice it's like this is who i am this There's is no who i choice exactly. or no choice yeah. yeah this is who i am and to change someone is just it's like why because if we are all the same if we're all going to be homogenous right. what's going to be the point of anything you have mm-hmm. to interact with different people of different even normally different tastes different music different i mean i'm not even I know, going I know, to know. genders and nationality right. even the small it's things it's very important right. yeah just exposing and that's how your personality also builds i would say yeah and open mindedness it's right. so important like i can't emphasize enough. to be open minded towards different information that you're getting from the mm. world it's so important to be open minded and have a reflective filter and then take in what you want but to mm. be to be open enough to at least receive it it's and like I, we don't even want to receive it uh, we just block pehle <laughs> at least pehle receive kar lo sun lo samajh mm. lo and then you and then whatever you decided on that's your personal choice that's like, yours. you can't really say right. yeah right but the first step is at least to listen that patience yeah yeah <laughs> Okay so when it comes to sex workers majority of them are underprivileged and marginalized women and they always live a life of disrespect and shame so how can we destigmatize that in society since no work is big or small and even sex work is work that deserves respect since you spoke about respect i'd like to bring that topic up yeah i think again that is um, a topic that is even to talk about it is is very stigmatized there is right. no place to talk or to discuss or mm. to interact i mean we are told oh, don't interact with them mm. or you know it's just us them that yeah. that that again it's a like different cl- class i wouldn't even say class it's just like you're different you exist differently yeah, and that that happens with everything like uh, we've been conditioned that way for different sexualities for different nationalities mm. it's just that nahi us and them mm. but again first thing that comes is open mindedness and to bring the stories out i mean we don't even uh, give people a platform to speak right. we just assume and assume. shut ourselves off so i think it's very important to at least have a platform at least voice and not for others to voice for them like you know um, sometimes people want to bring their voices so they will voice for them but for them to voice for themselves i mean that kind right. of a platform a where thing. 
thin liner for the yeah. friends rest yes again same thing you can be an ally you can support you can help provide platforms you can you know support but um for them to speak for themselves like mm. this is what we want i mean that's that's very important you know like let's say um if i were to like go somewhere or let's say i were to talk about women's rights or something i wouldn't uh, i would rather we talk about it or different women from different uh, diverse backgrounds talk about it right. right so similarly i think uh, for people to voice for their themselves rather than for other people to voice and i'm not saying other people should just be like shut off again mm. same thing you can be an ally you can support you can provide right. your full support but again you have to acknowledge that there is a lived reality that i cannot speak for even i can't speak for a lived reality of a person who identifies uh, as a non binary person i don't have that lived experience so it's better if we hear it from them right right so them that, that i think is the yeah i think again going back to the idea of storytelling mm. the stories have to be told by the people whose story it is right that 100%. that i think um, will bring a kind of authenticity and mm. an opinion that comes from a lived reality and then we can stand as an ally with them but first for them to um for people to speak for themselves it's so important for other people to not speak for them they right. first should listen understand help provide those platforms use their privilege to provide those platforms but then the voice should not be you for someone else yeah. it should be them for themselves you know that's very well said that's very so how do you want girl up bombay to grow as an organization in the near future so i think um, girl up bombay is really close to me it's close to everyone who's a part of it so i think uh, i really wanted to grow for the community to grow in terms of more people being attached to it more people working with it um that's why we have also opened up the volunteering positions now so uh you can apply to be a volunteer at gola bombay um you can go to our um instagram page and you'll find the form over there which you can link uh, as we can link it um <laughs> yeah and so we just want and um we because it's not a paid position we're not hiring right. this, this is a fully volunteer based mm-hmm. thing and we understand people do have time constraints etc but i think what we really want to do here our vision our goal is to build a community of people from different backgrounds and no matter what you who you are what you identify with to come and build a community of people that really want this entire world or starting from bombay right. to be an equal community and to be be a safe place and be mm-hmm. a safe space and uh it's a place where we can communicate interact we also right. have lots of fun we it's a place where i have made one, some of the most amazing friendships without even having met met them, them. physically yeah not like a lot of us haven't even met each other physically but we're so close it is insane how friendships can form even through the digital media digital. you know 100%. so i think the the point is to build a community the point is to build a group of young people who come together for something they all truly believe in because girl up also has uh, an age bracket of i think 13 14 22 so okay. that's those that's the age where you can be a part of a girl up club 
um so you will interact with other young people in your same community you know it doesn't right. have to be bombay if you're mm. let's say if you're based in delhi there's so many clubs in delhi and if if you are in a place where you don't see you have a club you can make your own club you just have to go to the girl up community page and uh download the community app and go on it and you can make your own club and there's so many helpful people that can guide you right. through it um and then once you're part of a club you can be a part of the coalition of that region so let's say a person who's a part of girl up bombay can then choose to join the girl up maharashtra coalition where it works regionally and then uh, from that region comes girl up india which is where which is the nationwide thing and then there's the girl up campaign which is the worldwide thing right. so it's like you can be a part of a club no matter where you are or you can start your own club it's fully i mean it's really based on how much initiative you want to take and if you want to take that initiative you have a community of people that will come and support you in right. every way and form this structure is yeah. very very i have no words it's so beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's just because what happens as a global campaign is that a club sitting in india can directly connect to a club right. um in brazil and then a club yeah. in argentina a club in uh like south africa there's mm. there's so many different places where these clubs are some right. places are more clubs some places less clubs but and we all come on that same app and community platform mm. where we can engage with each other no matter which part of the world world you are in that sense of connectivity accelerates yeah. everything right 100% like we uh Gola Bombay did a webinar uh, which was in collaboration with Gola Edinburgh and we uh, did that webinar where we discussed the impact that covid-19 had on women okay um and that webinar was in collaboration so it was really nice to have right um another Gola chapter and like to connect with them and and really yeah. and it was a part of a series that Gola Edinburgh was doing and and so it was really interesting you know to bring different cultures and regions right. together and discuss i think that was um that's been a great experience to connect with so many people from the world like i know so many different people from like like so many different parts that yeah. really uh, as you talked about it it, it exposes it's, you to different kinds right. of people right so and there is that sense of belonging at the same time which is beautiful exactly because you're part of the same yeah. organization you're part of the same movement so if someone's looking for exposure to the world and really build a global community or if some, and someone is really passionate about gender equality then girl up will give them that platform, platform. and the amount of initiative you take it is recognized right and you do um you do feel like you belong somewhere you know like at least that's what happened with me and that's why i continue to do it because it's something where i feel like okay this place i'll come it's a safe space mm-hmm. where i know i belong if anyone's listening and watching to this you <laughs> have to enroll with the uh, girl up i can like i can see devi when when you're speaking about it you're so passionate and like your whole face lights yeah. up which is <laughs> like that that's good to have that kind of a relation with an organization and a community yeah. so i can 100%. also 24th september 
it's on insider i will link it down in the description (laughs) yep everybody come watch a live performance done uh thespo is a great place as well it's a great organization so definitely come watch their plays and they keep doing like um play readings and play uh like you can listen to plays together as a community so if anyone's interested in theater thespo is a great place to be um so come watch our performance (laughs) on the 24th and 25th yeah thank you so you much buy your tickets <laughs> <laughs> i really enjoyed and it was a good conversation in a long time you really um resonated with so many points that you said it's good to have someone our age like you know speak about this i'm sure the audience is gonna love this episode <laughs> oh thank you so much thank you so much it was a it was amazing being here it was a great conversation it didn't even feel right like you know a formal thing it felt yeah. really nice and you you were a great host you, know, you made me thank feel you. really comfortable so it was amazing thank you thank you so much thank you for watching it's asmin your host if you like this go ahead and give us a big thumbs up subscribe hit on the bell icon to get notified for future podcast episodes and comment what you learned from this one share it with someone so we all learn grow and evolve together